Conversations with Leaders is a podcast focused on the intersection of business and technology. In this episode, Tanuja Randery, Managing Director, AWS Europe, Middle East and Africa, is joined by Lee Tavaziva, Group COO at the BBC, in a discussion about digital transformation that preserves an organization's core values. Hello, this is Tanuja Randery, Managing Director, Europe, Middle East and Africa for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Leaders. In this series, I will be speaking with CEOs from across the Europe, Middle East and Africa region about what it takes to transform business and society, how they are leveraging data and technology to accelerate growth and innovate, and their insights on topics such as sustainability and addressing the digital skills gap. We will also be providing a glimpse into the personalities behind some of our great leaders of industry. I'm extremely excited to be joined today by Lee Tavaziva, Group Chief Operating Officer at the BBC. Lee sits on the BBC Board, Executive Committee and Commercial Board, reporting to Director General Tim Davey. In her role, Lee is responsible at the board level for key BBC functions, including finance, operations, technology and product, and also has responsibility for the planning and delivery of the BBC's transformation agenda. Before joining the BBC, Lee worked in a range of senior executive positions as Managing Director of Customer Operations at British Gas and Group Director of Strategy and Transformation at Centrica. She's a qualified chartered management accountant and has a Bachelor of Commerce degree from the University of South Africa. And before all that, she performed and toured as a classical ballerina. Lee is also the mom of three teenage boys and lives in London and is a trustee of Children in Need. Lee, welcome to AWS Conversations with Leaders, and thank you for making the time. Well, thanks for having me, Tanita. It's lovely to see you again. I was quite fascinated about uh, your ballet dancer career. How do some of the lessons in the performing arts feed themselves into the world of business? And are you actually seeing yourself leveraging some of those skills that you developed earlier on? So most often people will say to me, gosh, you must be highly disciplined. You must be really focused in what you do every day at work. Because of course, to be a ballerina, all that requires huge dedication, huge focus, huge discipline. All those things largely are true and probably have carried through with me and kept with me all the way through my career. But there's something else that I really hold on to, which is, you know, as a professional athlete or I'm a musician or a dancer, you know, you are constantly scrutinized, not criticized, but you've got teachers, right? Coaches looking at what you're doing, getting you to tweak things, maybe add more artistry, add more technique. So you get this constant feedback Mm. and you can never be complacent or overconfident because you constantly have to learn and adapt and change and improve and perform. Actually, if you're going to constantly be open to receiving feedback, never being overconfident, always learning, you actually have to be fairly humble, I think, as a person and to accept all of that. And that's something that I definitely learned when I was working professionally as a dancer that I think about and have carried on with me all the way through my career. Moving into your role, actually, because you have this breadth across finance, operations, product, transformation. As you think about your role, how does that role influence the digital transformation vision that the BBC have actually defined? And actually, if I think about it, the way it's been defined, you've set out a very ambitious six-year plan to create a modern digital-led organization that can deliver more for audiences. I'd love to learn more about how you're making that happen. Yeah. 
chief operating officer can mean a lot of things, but I generally care about two things. One is our 24-7 day-to-day operation and our responsibility to our audiences, which doesn't end in the UK and internationally, of which we've got thousands of employees or freelancers or wider partners working with us, with us every single day. But at the same time, we're also having to transform, like any organization is having to adapt to learn to change, given the kind of how technology is changing um, and how audiences want to receive your content as, as well. So the thing for me is about when we share our strategies, I care about doing what we say we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that as COO, that's a big part of how, of thinking about when we set a strategy, how do we actually deliver it? But most importantly, how do we engage an entire organization to believe in it, you know, have confidence in that vision and then actually want to want to change? And that's just about constant communication, telling the story, but also being prepared to recognize sometimes you don't get it right. And I think that's been really interesting for us at the BBC is around how we're also constantly having to iterate and learn and and check things that perhaps we maybe didn't communicate right in the first place and we then need to adapt it and respond to it. And that's how you get engagement, I think. If we just launched a strategy and then bulldozed it through, you know, I'm pretty sure in many organizations that's just not successful. And it's super interesting for the BBC because not only do we have universal responsibilities and deep public purposes and values in reaching all audiences across the UK, but many audiences globally as well, but we've also got to to bring the public purpose to that. So you've, you've got to listen to what audiences want and need, but we've also got the value of our public responsibility attached to that as well. So it's a really interesting combination for us. And we work incredibly hard at, at putting those right at the heart of everything that we're delivering on our strategy. How do you get that feedback loop going? I mean, is are there particular mechanisms that you've put in place so that you can actually learn and adapt? I suspect for any leader, you know, the how you actually really truly can engage with your all your employees and all the people who work with you and really hear what's going on is um is you know is difficult and it's not straightforward and you can get very easily trapped in your own small bubble and with all the amount of work and meetings that you get to do so one of the things that we do do as an executive team is spend a lot of time meeting our team so we you know proactively get out as much as we can to actually meet teams to listen to hear you know i generally have a have a policy that if people write to me i really work hard to respond so i think that's really important and and you know that might be a phone call or it might just be an email but i think if people take the time to get in touch with you to share what they think then actually it's hugely respectful but also really important that you can hear it and i think for any leader if we're ever in a situation where we aren't getting that feedback we'll probably start to get into trouble right and we're you know it's it's a problem because we will miss things and so i think how you leverage your ability to hear from everyone across the organization, but also outside. And, you know, the BBC has lots of, you know, stakeholders who have strong points of view and rightly so about how how the BBC is performing. And so a big part of my role is ensuring that I'm, you know, I'm leveraging that feedback and that insight as much as possible, Um, hearing it, learning from it, reflecting on it, being curious about it. Being curious, being curious and surrounding yourself with super diverse thought, right? So that you can actually learn from that. I mean, leaders often get caught up in 
confirming their beliefs rather than disconfirming their beliefs. And I think it's a, it's something you have to almost train yourself towards, yeah. isn't it? You know, Tanuja, just on that point, um, we're all a factor of our experiences. Mm. And of course, the more experiences we have, the more often we think we've, we know the answer. Exactly. And one of the things that I've learned really is this concept of unlearning. And especially given the pace of change and the way the world works, what the world expects of you as a leader. And I think our ability to recognize when we also need to unlearn what we thought we knew was the right answer. And you can only do that by being open to hearing from others, hearing different points of view, reflecting on it, and maybe recognizing that your experience or what you were taught historically is no longer relevant or no longer right. And I think that's so, so important. It is just human that you fall back into things that you feel comfortable with rather than not so comfortable with. Um, The BBC is currently ranked the number one most trusted news brand in the UK and in the US and internationally. I mean, I, by the way, grew up in India, you know, with the BBC, and I think I still turn to the BBC if I want the news. Um, and I know I'm going to get the right news and the accurate news. How do you, with the pace of change that you're driving in the digital innovation agenda, how do you ensure you continuously reinforce that trust value whilst taking advantage, obviously, of these new technologies? I think at the heart of everything we do at the BBC and has actually existed in its 100-year history is its mission and its public purposes. And, you know, there isn't a single person who works for the BBC who doesn't understand what the BBC stands for and its values, um, how it's represented, and actually has made a personal choice to join the BBC Mm -hmm. in the majority of cases because of that purpose, because of those values. And those... That, that has resulted in just phenomenal capability. I mean, I think about the capability of our journalists, you know, our commissioners, our engineers, you know, throughout BBC's history and, and their ability to adapt and change and respond to whether that's societal changes or technology changes. So those things run true and are deep in its history, in our history, and will continue to always be so. And actually, so that storytelling, that purpose-led, our public service responsibility. So yes, we have to have capabilities that allow us to adapt to technology changes. And we've got deep history of doing that incredibly well, but we also work very successfully with a range of partners who are leading in that space as well. So we recognize we don't have all those capabilities and entirely on our own. So how the BBC works with partners to bring in the capability to allow us to adapt and respond to changing technology is critical. But the rock of who we are, the content, the journalism, Mm. the things that create what the BBC stands for as a brand, the trust that you talk about, will always be a, a constant. And I think, you know, that is something that we care passionately about. We continue to always work on. And then we, we innovate and adapt with support and help and ideas and, and capabilities for technology changes as well. And how do you, um, just given the size and scale of the organization globally, how do you ensure that the new people you're bringing on Uh, into the BBC, um, get a sense of that culture. I mean, I know we do a few things very specifically. I'd love to learn, how do you you ensure everyone, the newest hire today, um, feels the same way and has the same cultural um, nuances, I guess, because it's not not just as it's written down. It never is. I think one of the key premises for us is that people do get together. 
and we learn from each other. And of course, we've all mm-hmm. had to adapt to that, haven't we? More remote work, ways of working, yes. how technology supports that. But we do firmly believe as a creative people-led organization, people do need to come together to do their work. So we strongly encourage that as, as part of what we do. Um, but, and, and of course, working with teams, being present, learning from each other, those sort of things are absolutely fundamental to that. It's really interesting, actually, because our BBC values are so fundamental. They're, you know, they're on everybody's lanyards. Everybody wears them every mm-hmm. single day. They're not posted around our walls, but they've also stood the test of time, those values. You know, they've been around for a long time in this organization. And I think that's also important, right? So values that get changed every time, I don't know, your new CEO arrives aren't quite as deep as I think values that have actually been sustainable and deeply embedded. And and the BBC values, BBC purpose, the BBC mission, which has been the same mission since the BBC was created a hundred years ago, those things are just so fundamental. Those things never change. And when you join the organization, you quickly understand those and you're part of the conversations. We hope you're enjoying this discussion. To join the conversation and engage with other business leaders on these topics, follow us on LinkedIn at AWS Executive Connection. Moving on to actually talking a little bit about leadership and culture, you've actually been described as one of the most authentic, passionate and caring leaders. And I totally feel it, by the way, while we are talking here today and never afraid to call out the big issues or the difficult truths and working collaboratively to resolve them. And and you've talked through a lot of this today already. Was there a crucible moment in your career that really defined your leadership style? I think my biggest learning has always been from recognizing leadership behaviors that I don't want to have myself. And of course, you know, none of us are perfect and we all make mistakes and we all have behaviors that aren't great at times for for many various different reasons. But I often fall back on when I feel like I'm not behaving well or holding up to I just remind myself Lee that was a behavior you never wanted sort of as I was growing up as I was sort of moving through the organization you never wanted to emulate so I just check myself and I and I note that so I think I've learned more from studying what I don't want to be mm-hmm. than I have perhaps from trying to emulate what I do want to be oh I think that's a great tip actually and do you do you have um I know some people talk about having a personal board of coaches and mentors who keep you on track and actually point those behaviors out. I have trusted friends Mm. who maybe work, you know, maybe work colleagues or personal friends and family and even my own direct reports. You know, I try to always say to them, tell me. You need to tell me, please, because I sometimes can't see it when I'm not behaving well. I think at work, if we can create the right environment and we encourage our teams to do that, then I think actually the most valuable thing for me is when my teammates or, you know, tell me, hang on a minute, Lee, that wasn't so great. Just think about that. Can you do something different? That didn't land so well. And I really, really value that feedback. Achieving gender balance uh, across the group is really important. And you've got a plan to get to a 50-20-12 ratio or mix. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the 50-20-12 and also what steps are you taking 
towards uh, towards yeah. that goal. Yeah. I mean, this is so, so, so super important. I'll just explain what it is. So 50-2012 is our targets around diversity and representation and inclusion at the BBC. 50% gender balanced, so male and female in, um, in at the BBC. 20% black, Asian and minority ethnic and 12% disability. And actually last year, at the end of last year, for the first time in the BBC's history, we are now a gender balanced organization. So we have an equal number of men and women. Amazing. And actually even at leadership level, we're not far off that gender balance either. So that has been really, really important. And we're at 17% Black, Asian and minority ethnic and 9% on disability. So we've been working really hard to really ensure that the diversity of the BBC is represented in its workforce because, of course, we are responsible for meeting the diversity of the UK and, and uh, many of our global audiences too and being able to tell those stories and understand them. And if you don't have that diversity in an organisation, you can't represent that when we think about our work across the UK, for example, as well. There's so much work we've got to do still in the space. But I do think, you know, the BBC, compared to some of my other personal experiences, is so far ahead. It's not the same in every part of the group. We can see more diversity in some parts of the group than others. But I think it's a big part of our strategy and it's an important part of our conversations. And it's right. And all our senior leaders are held accountable to support the organization to move towards it. In the industry that you're in as well, I mean, if I look at the media and entertainment industry broadly, broadcasting, the ecosystem around you is so important. You be those technology suppliers or, you know, part of your creative content production side or part of the engineering that you talked about. I mean, the BBC actually has a very mm-hmm. deep history in engineering and technology. And, and in fact, if I could pick up on that, because of course the buzz of the day is generative AI. I mean, you know, I mean, we've been working with AI for many, many, many years, but this now tipping point of technology is really exciting. And I would I would think particularly for your industry um, and given your big push on digital transformation, how are you thinking about um, uh, uh, applying AI and machine learning technologies within your internal and external processes? I think it is hugely exciting and also has the potential to really impact, as you say, the creative industries as well as many others, but particularly for us, the the creative industries. I think, um, Tanuja, just a couple thoughts on our response to it. One is that work with partners, you know, the history the BBC has in understanding how new technologies and leading new technologies, right the way from the first radio, the intervention of the first radio broadcast, of course, all the way through history over the last hundred years, our capability in the organization, our engineering capability, our research and development teams. So we have a wonderful, phenomenal capability inside the organization, but we don't do it alone. The benefit of that work is one, it is shared, but we're working with universities, other organizations, you know, other tech teams and uh, et cetera. So that's a really big part of understanding how it's going to change and how we need to adapt to it. But then also, I think there's something interesting about how the BBC can pr- approach AI, generative AI responsibly, mm, which yes. many other organizations might not be minded or need to do. So our values-based 
public purpose responsibilities will mean that, you know, any algorithm is really written by a human being. Let's not forget that. And I think how those algorithms then learn, but if the BBC will choose to think very carefully and thoughtfully about how we write those algorithms so that we can continue to represent our public purpose and our values. And I think that's super interesting for us. When we look at all these new technologies, we look at the opportunities, which is how do we feed through them the heart of what the BBC stands for, and that we don't have a commercial agenda to get an outcome from a customer, but actually we've got a public purpose in its use. And I think that's also what's going to be really, really interesting in, in how we engage with these new technologies. And, and I, I think, and this comes down to at the core of it all is the data, isn't it? No, no, you are spending a lot of your own time with your team in terms of really thinking about having a unified data platform, making sure that that's infused then with AI and machine learning where it makes sense, and then driving innovation on top of that. How are you thinking about common data platforms? Yeah, with our public purpose and our responsibility in mind. And I think that is at the heart of all the work that our teams will do in thinking about data. But, you know, that point I made around sort of not having an agenda, if you like, you know, the values-based culture has to sit at all of that. So we will always be very thoughtful about our responsibilities towards any individual's data, how we share data, what data we capture. So we've always said we only ever capture the minimal amount of data that's necessary to enable us to do the job that we do. That's always been a fundamental premise. So thinking about it from that perspective, is going to, you know, without a doubt, be at the heart of of how we approach all of this work going forward. We talk about technology, but I think the thing I hear is it's less about the technology, which is the blocker on transformation, because there's a ton of that available today. It's more about the skills, the mindset for innovation. Um, How are you ensuring that you can, in fact, change skills and mindset in order to be able to accelerate your journey on the digital side. Yeah, I'll build on that slightly because that cultural point is so, so important. And I think, you know, you know, I read in the conversations I have with many other executives, many corporates or organizations are looking for that purpose, aren't they? That kind of purpose, um, the mission, why people choose to work in the organization, what drives their day-to-day actions and their work. Of course, the BBC, as we've been discussing, has that in spades, right? It has it at the heart. But I think then you've also got to create the belief and you know the confidence that actually we can adapt and we can change and look to the future and i think what's so important for me in thinking about the transformation and how we use technology and how we bring in the right capabilities is that we really respect the history we respect how much the bbc has already changed and adapt and learn and demonstrated that innovation we build confidence and belief that we can actually continue to learn from it and really lead into a really successful future for the organization. And that means retraining and helping individuals inside the organization that sort of, remember I talked about that rock of the storytelling, the quality, the creativity, that doesn't change, right? Your role in that isn't changed, but the tools and the technology that you might use, that's what we're having to adapt to. And we all remember how quickly we all learned to go on Zoom or <laughs> Teams, you know, yeah. actually we can really learn that. But at the same time, we bring in new, fresh thinking, new capabilities, but not just solely within the organization that we work with partners and others who can also contribute to what the BBC needs to do. The BBC doesn't just benefit itself. Everything that we do has a huge impact and benefit for 
you know, society more generally, you also need belief and confidence and clarity that people really are excited about where, where you're heading as an organization. And I think that's constant part of our transformation work at the BBC. That is a wonderful place to end. Thank you so much, Lee. I really enjoyed the conversation and learned a lot. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I know how busy you are. So thank you so much. Thank Um, you for having me. And it was absolutely delightful to spend the time with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conversations with Leaders, brought to you by AWS Executive Insights and Tanuja Randery. For more on these topics, follow Tanuja on LinkedIn and visit aws.amazon.com slash executive insights. While there, be sure to learn more about AWS exec leaders and invite only global community for business and technology leaders.